right. Hello, everybody. My name is Andrea, and I'm a part of our family ministries team here at Christ Community. And I've got um, some people I'm going to bring up here with me today. We have a small group of our students uh, with us tonight that are going to be going on some summer missions trips this year. And we're super excited about the different things that we get to do. So this is, again, this is just a small group of them. Um, we have a group of 21 6th uh, through 8th graders who are going to be serving locally here um, in Rochester, as well as headed up to the Twin Cities for a day, um, serving with some of our local ministry partners, helping out with our VBS, and a number of other things as well. And then we have um, 40 of our high school students who will be headed to Kentucky this summer. And we'll be, again, serving just with the community there, being able to witness to people as well as do some projects um, that this community just isn't able to do for themselves. Um, and then also we have uh, nine students that are going to be headed actually next Saturday, so a week from today, that we're going to be headed to the Dominican Republic, and we're going to be doing um, some building projects as well as participating in some of the ministry that they have going on down there with our new um, mission partners, Mission 2535. So we're super excited um, to be able to do all of these different things, and we want to thank you guys um, for your support in sending us on these different trips. So what we're going to do here in the next couple minutes is um, what the church has been doing since the first century. When they send people out, they lay hands on them and pray for them as they send them, and so we have these students here representing the bigger group, and I just wanted to say with Andrea, thank you guys for your faithful giving, for your prayers your engagement in Christ Community Church allows things like this to happen um, for our students, but also around the country and around the globe. And so this is, a, this is a really cool moment for us as a church. So I'd like to lead us in prayer. If you wouldn't mind, um, if you would extend your hand towards these students, just as kind of a symbolic laying of hands on them, and then I'll voice our prayer. So will you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father, we are proud of these students. We're really grateful for their adult leadership Thank you for calling them into the various missions that they're participating in here over these next several weeks. Thank you for this call you place on our life, Lord Jesus, this opportunity that you give us to participate in the things that you're doing, the gift of your spirit who makes us adequate for these kinds of things. Thank you for the life change that each person who participates in your mission gets to enjoy personally and be part of and those who will receive their service. So we pray for them as they go from here that their hearts will be soft towards you, that their ear would be tuned to your voice, that they would be wide open to whatever you have in front of them that's gonna challenge their, their comfort zone, it's gonna challenge what they thought about who you are and about how you could use them. I pray that you would grow their understanding of who you are and that you would give them a bigger vision for their life participation in your mission for the rest of their lives. And Jesus, we're really thankful as a church that we get to do stuff like this. Thank you for letting us send these students, these teams, and we pray these things in your name, amen. So can you guys just like just share our love and our proud of them? Thank you guys, thank you guys. All right.
Andrea. So um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I love getting to do this kind of stuff too. Really thankful for this. Good to be in worship with you this weekend. Thank you for those of you guys who are here in person, those of you who are worshiping with us online. Um, this is, I'm really glad that you're here this weekend. And we are wrapping up this series that we have been in for the last, really since Easter, um, that we've titled, What If He Does? And we are just asking this question, what if God really comes through for us on the promises that he's made to us? And, and how could my life, how could your life look if, if he's saying yes to us as we're saying yes to him and to these promises that he makes? And so I'm really excited about this promise that we're gonna be covering today. So I was thinking about this promise that Jesus has made to us, and I was thinking about an event from my own life. When I was in third or fourth grade, so however old you are in third or fourth grade, I was eight or nine years old. My dad had borrowed a tool from one of our neighbors, and I don't remember for sure, but boy, I think it was a plumbing snake. So just you know, put down the drain, and, and so he had finished his work with that plumbing snake, and he gave it to me and told me to take it back to Mr. So-and-so's house, a couple of houses down, and it was, I remember it was down the hill, it was across the street, and there was a steep driveway, our neighbor had a steep driveway. So I took the tool and down the hill and got to his driveway, and he had one of those little dogs and had the little dog attitude, and that little dog came out of the garage, barking at me, charging at me, barring his teeth at me, and so I just turned around and ran back home. And I got home, and my dad had sent me to go give this tool back to Mr. So-and-so, and I was back home with the tool in my hand, and he said, what are you doing back home with tools still in your hand? And I said, he has a dog, and that dog came running at me, and like, that dog was gonna bite me. And my dad said, oh, that dog's not gonna bite you. Take that tool back to him. So I'm eight or nine years old. You do what your dad says, right? So, so I went back down the hill to the top of the driveway and that little dog came charging out and with all the courage I had at eight or nine years old, I started walking down that driveway and that little dog bit me on the leg. <laughs> and I do not know what happened to that tool whether I left it there or took it back to the house, but I remember how bad my dad felt when I got home, bit by the dog that he said, oh, that dog isn't gonna bite you. So I was, thinking about this, I was thinking about this little mission that my dad sent me on when I was a little kid that seemed like this easy little task that you could include your son in on what you're doing, and it turned into this impossible for me mission what would have made it possible, though, is if my dad would have gone with me. If he'd have just gone with me, I'd have been able to do exactly what he had for me to do. So where my dad failed, Jesus succeeds. So he's given us this mission, and he's given us this amazing promise of his presence to go with us on it. So I wanna read this mission that he's given to us and talk a little bit about that with you. And then we'll explore really the promise that he's made and what that might mean for you and for me as we walk out of here into whatever we're facing this week. So I'm, I'm looking at Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 
16, Jesus has risen from the dead. He is ready to return to heaven, so he calls his followers to him for the last thing. Like, this is the last thing he's gonna say to him before he goes back to heaven. So the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the promise I really wanna dial in on this weekend is this statement that Jesus has made to his people, I will be with you always. So it's this beautiful promise that, that he has given to us always, he will be with you. So if you chase this promise, this isn't the only time this promise is made in the Bible by God to his people. So if you chase this promise through the Bible, it really, there's two categories of, of times when it's given to God's people. The first one is when God is, is giving them something to do, it's a calling or a sending, when he's giving them something to do that is beyond them. Pushes them out of their comfort zone, points them to a place or into some sort of activity that they don't believe they have what it takes to pull off, that everything about it just looks like a recipe for disaster. And in a number of situations, God looks at his person or the people that he is, he is calling into something and sending off to and says to him, hey, listen, I'm gonna be with you. So one of my favorite verses where God does that, one of my favorite in instances in the scripture where he does that is in Exodus. It's recorded in chapter 33, verses 14 and 15. And what's happening in this scenario is God is getting ready to, like, to rescue, deliver his people, not just from the ancient nation of Egypt, they were enslaved there, but to send them into the land that he wanted to give to them, and it was inhabited by people who were scary. And so God was saying to his people, hey listen, I'm gonna give you this land, go ahead and go in, and it is gonna be well with you. And, and God had made the promise to his people, I'm going with you. Like that, was, that was the whole deal. I've rescued you from slavery in Egypt and I'm bringing you to this place and I'm going with you into this. And, and Moses, who was the leader of that group of people, had heard God say, I'll be with you. And he said, Lord, if you're, if you're not really gonna be with us, like if, this, if this is some kind of a, a bait and switch, if this is a promise you're not gonna come through on, if this is like if you're gonna send an angel instead, don't, don't call us to go into this. Don't, don't ask me to lead into this if you're not going with me. And God replied to him, this is Exodus 33, verses 14 and 15, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And in this new land that I'm given to you, I'm gonna give you rest. And so Moses said it again, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here because it is essential that you go with me, that you go with us. We can't do this apart from you. And so that calling and that sending is the, is the first category where God makes this, I'll be with you, 
promise to his people. The other one is when his people are in, in seasons of suffering and when they're in difficulty. He says, he says to him, hey, I'm with you in this. Hey, you may not, you didn't be able to feel me, you may not be able to, you may not be able to see it. But I'm just telling you, in the middle of whatever it is you're going through, and, and here's a beautiful thing, even if it is self-inflicted suffering, even in self-inflicted suffering, if you're going through stuff that, that it hurts because you've done something, God looks at his people and he says, hey, hey, I'm, I'm with you in this. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you what you need. You'll have what it takes to endure and, and to make it through all this. And Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10 is one of those beautiful statements. So don't fear, God says, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so this, this I am with you promise that Jesus made to his disciples is a promise that has just been, it has been made throughout the history of God and relationship with his people. And this promise that we're looking at this weekend where Jesus is calling and commissioning his first and future disciples this is definitely that, that first category of promise where he is, he is calling and sending into something, something new, something big, something scary, something I don't, like, I don't really know what this is. And his, his big answer to his people is I'm going to be with you. And so what I'd like to do just for a little bit is I'd like to talk about this mission that Jesus calls his people into, and then again, shine some light on this promise that he makes for us so that we can actually succeed in this mission that he has. So, so this mission, if you see there on the screen, this is the, all capital letters, this is the capital M mission. This is, this is the mission that Jesus gave to his people. This is, this is the only mission that Jesus gave to his people. There, there aren't a whole bunch of different missions that you and I can be on. This is, this is the exclusive, capital M, divine mission that Jesus has given to his people. And so as we're talking about this, to know that when he was, when he's giving this mission, this mission is, like this is for those who follow Jesus, this is the one thing that he said, hey, here, this deal is for you. So, so as we process this mission a little bit, Jesus first, he calls his disciples to him. And so this mission is for disciples. Disciple is very simply someone who's a follower, who's a learner, who's an imitator, who's a worshiper of Jesus, even the ones who doubt. Because remember, he called his disciples to him and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. So you don't have to have everything all figured out. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have your faith nailed down. You don't have to be really sure of all the stuff in order to participate in this mission that Jesus has for his people. This is, this is a mission for people of faith who doubt. Now, there's, there's a difference between being someone who has faith and doubts and being someone who is just a doubter because you and I, we, we can believe some stuff all the way, but not figure it out. 
And, and it is okay to, to doubt some things because where there's room for faith, there has to be room for doubt. If you just think about that for a moment, if, if you're taking a step of faith, that means, that means you, are, you are stepping past what you can see and what you can know for sure. And if you, if you are taking that step of faith, there's that gap there, there's room for some doubt in that. And so it's okay to be a doubter. This mission that Jesus has given to his people is for followers, for learners, for imitators, for worshipers, even those of us who don't have it all figured out because none of us have it all figured out. Because some things, some things you just can't get all the way figured out. Like some of this stuff, there's just not, there's just not an answer to, to satisfy every question of it. Some things don't get worked out, some doubts don't get worked out until you put your faith into practice. So you begin to step into some things and then it's, like, it's amazing how those doubts begin to resolve as you step into those things and, and sometimes it just, like, the doubt just lingers. But, but we recognize that people who worship can also doubt and so forward we get to participate in this. So this mission is for disciples. And then the next thing that Jesus does as he calls his disciples to him, he says to them, the first thing he says out loud to him is, hey, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And so this, this mission, the capital M mission that Jesus has for his people is, its authority is involved in this. And it is, we go under his authority because, because what comes after this is king of kings and lord of lords looking at the people who have said, you are our God and we belong to you. And he is, what comes next is, here's what I have for you to do. So there's the yes in this is, it is a bending of the knee and the will to authority that is over us, spiritual authority that's over us. And so it's under authority, but it's also with capital A, Jesus' authority. When he sends his people out, he does not send them on his own, on their own. He sends his people with his spiritual authority into the things that he's given them to do. If you read through the Gospels in Matthew chapter 10, there's a, there's a partial experience of this authority that Jesus gives in his mission. He gave his followers the Matthew chapter 10 tells us about how he gave his followers authority to, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers. He gave, them, like he gave those guys that authority, his authority to do that stuff, all things that take place in the spiritual and physical realm, and he sent them out with his authority. And so this mission that Jesus sends his people on, it, we go under his authority, but we also go with it because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And because of his authority, here's really the mission. If we just kind of break it down into a few words for us, the first word he says is go. <laughs> so go. So leave your comfort zone, be intentional. For some people, that go is is leave your office or your workspace and go to somebody else's office or somebody else's workspace. 
And for other people, that go means leave your, your house and your parents and your family and your stuff and go to this other side of the world. But this go thing, is, it is an intentional, it is on purpose, it is outside of your comfort zone. You cannot stay where you are, warm, cozy, and comfortable, and, and walk into this mission that Jesus has. So go. The next one is make disciples. And that was like, that's the, here's what you're gonna do. Go and make disciples. Remember, disciples are followers, they're learners, they're imitators, they're worshipers of Jesus. And, and really, if you could kind of sum all that down into, what, okay, so what is that? Because I'll tell you from my experience, I can't really make anybody do anything. But what I can do is I can introduce them to Jesus and he transforms. And so Jesus says, hey, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples, like introduce them to me, baptize them. Baptism is a public statement, your confession of faith in Jesus. And it is a big deal. The, the New Testament, from, from this point at the end of Matthew forward in the scriptures, it does not know a person who claims to honor, worship, believe in Jesus and has not been baptized. So it was this, it was this public statement to everybody around that I'm in. It was, it, was so, it was so critical for that first group of Christians that the apostle Peter, when he's writing about this, he says, he makes this, this statement that a lot of us get hung up on, so he says your baptism actually saves you. And he's not talking about like it's getting in the water, he's talking about it is your faith, your confession, your belief in Jesus that saves you. And that belief in Jesus and that act of being baptized are so close in his mind that he, can, he joins them together and says this is one and the same. And in the ancient world and in many parts of our world today, it is that baptismal confession that puts you in harm's way. It's not, the, it's not the confession of I believe in Jesus, I've invited him into my heart, I'm trusting him on the inside. It's the public statement of now I identify with him. And what Jesus looking at his followers knowing what kind of joy and celebration in communities like we live in and what chaos and turmoil in other places and other times the world looked at, he looked at his, and he said, hey, listen, go and make disciples and baptize them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it's that baptism that brings them into the fellowship, the community of the believers. And again, if, you're, if you take the, the vast section of, of Christian people throughout the centuries and around the globe, that baptism was when you two were in harm's way. And so when you have declared yourself publicly, you now get to join the other people who have declared themselves publicly. And so it was this inclusion in the Christian community. Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So for those 11 guys and whoever else happened to be standing there in this conversation, for three years Jesus has been walking with them, talking with them, teaching them, and he says to them, hey, I want you to teach these, these next people that you're gonna introduce to me, you gotta hand all this off. And so I want you to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I have struggled with that statement for years and years, because how do you do that? 
One, how do you figure out all the things that Jesus taught and then how do you put that into a format where people could actually learn them and then become obedient to them? And so to help me, I've kind of, I've boiled it down into really three big chunks of what Jesus has commanded. So the first thing Jesus has commanded us to help other people, other followers, worshipers, learn to obey is, it's called the great commandment, the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one's just like it, love your neighbors yourself. So we know that one, Jesus, Jesus said, all right, so that's one of the things he said, everything else that came before Jesus, like it all boils down into that statement. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor like you love yourself. Second thing that Jesus, he gave a new commandment, and this was at the end of his life, before he went to the cross. He looked at his disciples and he said, love one another. Like You guys, you people, love each other. And this is how, the watching world is gonna know that you follow after me is by how you love one another. And so he gave us, he gave us this learning point and action point to love each other well in new and unique ways. And then the last thing Jesus commanded is what we're actually talking about this weekend is this great commission to go and make disciples. So, so when we think about what is this, this teaching to obey, what, like, what do we do? Well, like we, can, we can model and teach and help people love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, we, around here in our vision statement, we talk about honoring Jesus. That's really what that is about, is loving him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's, he's, got, first, he's got first and highest and best place, central spot in our lives. And this new commandment to, to love one another, we, we do, we take that very seriously. Again, in our vision statement, we talk about loving each other and what that looks like about how we as Christian people love one another because that's the thing that sets us apart from the rest of the culture and the other religions is by how we love one another. And then we talk about this great commission to go and to make disciples and, and what does that look like? And we sang it a little bit ago and our students are wearing it on their shirts, it's about we go and we serve because this, this kingdom which we're citizens in is, it flows backwards. So serving leads to amazing things in other people's lives and so we're real serious about serving our neighbors in Jesus' name. And, and so we've been sent on this, been given this mission to participate, to, to go, to make disciples, to baptize them in the triune name of God and then to teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded. So I step back from that and look at it for a minute. And to me, what this feels like is, is a colossal opportunity for failure. <laughs> this, this feels like if, if there is anything that, like if, if you're looking for a way to crash and burn spiritually, like this feels like a crash and burn kind of command, right? Does, does this not feel huge to you? And does, like, if properly understood, this is, this is so far out of my comfort zone. This is so far beyond anything that, that I could do. And like, it just feels like a great moment to, to be a huge disappointment to the Lord and to myself and to other people. Which is why 
the last line Jesus gives in this great commission is so important. I will be with you always. So if, if, if you're going to take this mission seriously, you, you have this beautiful promise that Jesus will be with you always. Because this mission will put you at the top of a driveway with a barking dog, bared teeth running at you. Or it, it, it will put you in places where you are where you, you are uncomfortable, where you don't know what to do, where like, it, will, it will put you in some of the most difficult and some of the most beautiful spots. And, and without the presence of Jesus on this mission, it is, it is a recipe for disaster for his people. And so he wants us to know real clearly, I'm with you. And I'm not with you just a little bit, and I'm not with you just some of the time, and I'm not with you in weakness. I am with you in power, and I am with you always in this. And so, so you and I then are given the opportunity to participate in the one thing that Jesus continues to do from heaven for our world is to woo people into relationship with him and transform their lives into the kinds of things that you and I get to experience. And so I was just, I was thinking about this, this mission and all it entails and how it, can, how it can radically change and transform not just what you do but who you are. And, and as people who resist change, I think, there's, I think there's some why we need to talk to about this. So, I've given you three reasons of, of why you could jump in, why I would say to you, I think you should jump in. It's full engagement with this mission that God has given to his people. The first one is it's worship. Jesus is, Jesus is worthy of this. Jesus is worthy of being talked about in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools. He's, he is worth being discussed. What, what he has done for you, what he has done for me. He's, he's worth a little bit of uncomfortable to have a conversation for somebody who's not yet met him. You don't know how they're gonna respond. You don't know what they're gonna think about this, but Jesus is worth being talked about. I've noticed something this last week and a half was confirmed something. Um, one of my friends says everybody's an evangelist for something. And evangelism is, it's an old word. It's become a church word really means it's talking about sharing good news, but everybody's an evangelist for something. And right now I have met so many evangelists for the new Top Gun movie. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many people have walked up to me unsolicited and said, have you seen the new Top Gun movie? The answer is not yet. But they, like, they don't know how I'm gonna respond. They don't know what I think about the first Top Gun movie. They don't know what I think about this movie. Like, People who do not know walk up to me unsolicited out of the blue and say, this is a great movie, have you seen it? You meet somebody who's been to a, a really good restaurant, had a really good experience at a restaurant in their recent past, and in, in conversation, what do they say to you? Hey, have you eaten that? 
right? They, they ask you, if you, have you eaten there? You should go eat there. It's awesome. Everybody's an evangelist for something. And, and what you and I, if you have experienced the goodness of the Lord Jesus, the forgiveness that he has granted you, the freedom that you have in him, the, the power that he gives you to live each day. Like if you've experienced any of that, you know people who need that. They need that as much as they need to know what a great movie is or a great restaurant is to, to eat. Everybody's an evangelist for something and if, if you have had that experience with Jesus, you could, you could share that great experience with somebody else. And he's worth it. It's, it's not uncomfortable to say, hey, here's a great restaurant. It's a little uncomfortable to say, hey, this guy, Jesus, he's changed my life. Have, have, you, have you met him? But he's worth that. It's a worship. Second piece of this, just in the why, is what's at stake for our neighbors? Because this is capital L, life and light, and eternal life. Apart from Jesus, there's the little L life, there's the, the doing whatever it is we do, moving around, breathing, taking up space. There's that kind of life, but apart from Jesus, there's no capital L life, there's no light to participate in, and there is no eternal life for them. And so there's what's at stake for our neighbors, there's a lot at stake for our neighbors, and love for our neighbors, worship for Jesus, love for our neighbors, and then this last little piece, because like, obedience always leads to blessing. That you, you cannot read through the scriptures and you cannot talk to the people of God, one person of God who says, hey, I was obedient to the Lord in this path and there was no blessing connected to that. You may wait a little bit for the blessing and the blessing may not look like you thought it was gonna look, but obedience always leads to blessing and so God gives you and me this great opportunity to participate in the, capital M, mission, and to, to be doing with him the one thing that he continues to do in our world to this day and, and says, hey, get in on this with me and in addition to all the cool things that you're gonna be part of along the way, like I'm going to pour my blessing out on you. And so you and I have this wonderful opportunity to be engaged in this mission knowing that Jesus will be with us. So here's, so here's our question that we're asking this series. And this is the last time we're gonna ask it for, for a while. What if he does? Like what, if, what if Jesus actually is with me always? Here, this first thing is, this is beautiful to me. The mission, the capital M, the, the only mission, it's for people like me. It's, you don't have to be, like you don't have to be amazing Christian person, you don't have to have everything figured out, you don't have to be rock solid. In, like if he's with me, always, then it's for people who see him worship and, and sometimes doubt, who don't have it figured out, who don't have their own discipleship all the way figured out, much less what's it gonna look like to try to help somebody else engage in this with us. It's, it's for people like you. If he, if he really does this, if he's really with us always, this mission, it's for people like us. And because it's for people like us, what we experience then is this next one, is rescue from our lesser missions. We're all on a mission. We're all on a mission of some kind. It's a pastor um, named Tommy Nelson. He's, at, he was, he's retired now, but he's at Denton Bible Church in Denton, Texas for years and years. 
And he said something that, that stuck with me. He said, it to, he said it to a big crowd of people and it was really gutsy to say, so I'm gonna quote him. So you, like, if you're mad, you can point at him. He said, most of you are spending your lives preparing for the garage sale that your kids are gonna have after you die. Woo. Right, so that's way stronger than I would say to you. But, but don't we have lesser missions? We're all, we're all bent and we just, we kind of drift towards like little T-H-E, you know, what's, what's the mission of your life? Small M, mission of my life. And, and this, this great commission that Jesus gives and his presence rescues us from that, whatever it is, moving around, taking up space, doing some stuff that never seems to satisfy. So he rescues us from our lesser missions because he's with me. I can be uncomfortable without being afraid. I can be uncomfortable without being afraid. That, we read it a little bit ago, and it is present throughout the scriptures as God speaks to his people who either are headed on mission or who are in difficult circumstances. He links two sentences together. Do not be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be afraid, I'm with you. Uncomfortable, sure. <laughs> you could be uncomfortable in this deal, but you don't have to be afraid because I'm with you. And in a really little way, I go back to that moment, if my dad had been standing with me at the top of that driveway with that crummy little dog charging towards me, I would not have been afraid. But he wasn't with me. And Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, both places, there's no place that is not under his authority now. So Jesus, who has all authority in heaven and on earth, says, I am with you. So you could be uncomfortable in this deal, but you do not have to be afraid because the one with all authority is with you. And then this last piece is he gives, it's not just I'm standing here watching you fail, I am with you so that this mission is accomplished. And so you and I have what we need. This, what, what looks and feels when we understand it, what looks and feels like this colossal opportunity for disaster, for a massive crash and burn, is really a great opportunity for us to be part of something bigger and more important than we could ever imagine. And so, so Jesus being with me, I get to participate in not just his mission, but his mission accomplished. I get to be part of stuff that is that is beyond my wildest imagination. And so, so you and I sit here this weekend under this promise that I am with you always. And, and he is with you as you walk out of this place, as you shut down this service online. He is with you as you walk into your part of the capital M mission. You have what it takes to participate and be involved in this. So I wanna pray this for us, and then um, after I pray, I've got a couple questions for us just to discuss, reflect on, and things that you head to next. So will you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Lord Jesus, we honor you as the risen Christ. That first little bit of this account that we're talking through this weekend 
your first followers saw you risen from the dead. And, and we believe that. So we acknowledge and exalt you as the risen Christ. And we're really grateful that you have allowed us to participate in this thing that you continue to do. Thank you for the privilege of this. And, and thank you that it's not a crash and burn assignment. Thank you that this is a, be part of the coolest thing that King of Kings and Lord of Lords is doing, we get to do it with you. So I pray for myself, I pray for my friends who are here in this room that we would, that we would receive what you wanna give us. That you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand what you're doing, how we get to be part of that. And may we hear and believe that you are with us always so we may be uncomfortable, but we don't have to be afraid and we certainly don't have to stop. We'll continue to move forward on your mission, Jesus. You're worth it. So we love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so let me give you a few questions here that uh, I think will be helpful as you kind of process through this. First one is, have you ever been sent on an impossible mission or been given an impossible assignment by somebody? You ever had the dog bite thing? Go, you know, work projects, like we've all... I'm guessing you've, you've had this experience. Um, how do you understand the term disciple? Can I give you a few words to define it, but how do you understand that? And do you consider yourself a disciple or a follower of Jesus? And if you do, what does that mean for you? So you just, where are you on your faith journey? Um, how would you describe the mission that Jesus gave to his followers? Again, how do you understand that? And then, for you, in what ways are you engaged? If you are, in what ways are you engaged in the mission? And in what ways are you on your own mission? It's a little chance to be transparent and vulnerable with one another and reflective on these things. And then I think a really healthy question is what are your next steps for participating in this amazing thing that God has, has given us to participate in? So thanks for being part of this this weekend. I really love the time that we get to spend together and I'm excited to see how this is transformative in your life as you get to experience Jesus fulfilling his promise. I'm with you always. He's with you as you walk out of here. If you need somebody to pray with you, pray for you, those of you who are online, if you hit the prayer button, those of you here in the room, there'll be a prayer team down front. They'd love to, love to pray with you, whatever it's about. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. I love you. I'll see you next weekend.